Welcome, everyone, to Mythstory, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Brian Taylor Marshall. Joining me is my permanent guest, my faithful guest, Cammie. <laughs> Hi, Brian. How are you? you you'd, you've been here since the beginning. It's insane that you're just a I, guest. It's I wild. Know. I can't believe you, that I'm still a... I'm not even like a guest star. Quite literally own like half the podcast yet. Right. You're just a guest. <laughs> and just, it's just out of my hands. I don't know. Um, so this is Mystery, a podcast about myths and history, where every week we sort of dive into a myth, legend, historical thing, uh, a Polish bear in World War II, whatever it is. We'll talk about it by trying to give you like a slice of the story, and then we'll talk about the history behind it, if there is any. And today, um, we're going back Greco-style, uh, all the way back to Troy, which allowed us to see Brad Pitt's butt in 2004. Um, do, do you get what I'm talking about? Yes, I didn't really care as much for Brad yes. Pitt's butt for obvious reasons. But Diane Kruger's <laughs> butt was I don't remember who happening. else's butt was in there. I think literally was every butt Jolie in there. No, you're thinking oh, other no, ones. that's Beowulf or something, yep. right? Yeah, she wasn't Beowulf. I, th- I know what you're thinking of. But okay. no, literally had everybody. But yeah, so the ancient city of Troy, the 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 god the city, the myth Everything in between. Um, there's a lot going on with Troy, uh, but yeah, I'll I'll say my first exposure was was the movie. I think it was 2004. Um, funny enough, I saw it with a friend of mine, um, who uh, I'm still close friends with. She's got a, a little boy now. It's Kinley's age, but um, we we saw it, and I remember her like being excited at, for like because the commercials like let on that you'd see Brad Pitt half naked. <laughs> And she was really happy about that as a young teenage girl. Um, that movie was really good, though. And it was a, a really nice opener. So um, I know we usually kind of like we'll make recommendations. But if you haven't seen it, you should. But Cammie, let me let, tell me about your choiness, because I know you're a Romo file. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, basically, high school Latin is when I first encountered it. We. Some of what we translated was Virgil's Aeneid. We also um, did some of Caesar's stuff mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But the Aeneid really uh, stuck out to me. Yeah. And it's a fun read. It's almost like if church Latin was good. Like, that's how easy it is. It's like church Latin easy to translate. Okay. Um if I mean nobody's gonna know what I'm talking about unless, <laughs> unless they've like, taken some Latin AP shout out to guys, Abby if she's yeah. listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so who who actually helped me today with, with some pronunciations? So thank you oh, very well, much, yeah. Abby. Um also with moral support, but that's another story. So <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I mean it, it was just it was fun to read. I remember it was definitely like a break from the other classes and we had different. So once you took like the first two, what they called years of Latin, but it was, it would be the same thing as taking two years of Spanish or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They combined all the classes together and there was an AP Latin class. And then there was a Latin four class and a Latin three class. 
And so I took Latin three and four at least. I don't remember because I graduated early. I don't remember if I took AP Latin. But we all basically sat in a room together and would take parts of the Aeneid and translate it during class. And then at the end, we would like put it together and like read it. And it was, yeah, it was really fun. Um, And I really enjoyed the story. I mean, it's a great story. The, yeah. the poetry in this is is really good. I know a lot of people, you know, are like, oh, the Iliad or whatever. But I mean, this. Right. Uh, I like this. Yeah. Better. Yeah. I do. Yeah. We'll we'll get in. There's a lot. I mean, there's we'll kind of get into it at the end of maybe the, the, the second half of the show. But what? so you've prepared a little bit from Homer. Is that right? No, no, or... no. I actually did Virgil's Aeneid. Oh, OK. You did do the Aeneid. OK, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Good. So I'm talking about the trojan horse almost exclusively there's a little bit more cool yeah oh absolutely Um, and i so (laughs) i have several copies like english translations of this story i couldn't find any of them thank you (laughs) thank you quarantine um so i uh and i couldn't even because i had a copy of fars it was latin but it had like um very helpful things under it for the translation. Mm-hmm. So if I get anything wrong, I'm really sorry, guys. Uh, I'm going from memory and also the latinlibrary.com had a Latin text of this. And I, cool. I use that to supplement what I couldn't remember. Cool. So like I said, if I get some stuff wrong, <laughs> it's just it's my <laughs> bad translation. <laughs> well, anyone's... Always welcome to contact us. <laughs> I'm serious, you know. I, in fact, I made. A I mistake. dare you I, to contact I, me. And tell uh, yeah. Me it's wrong. <laughs> Please, no. I, I actually, I caught myself. I wrote it in the notes of an episode. I can't remember which one it was, but I, I called the Byzantium the Western Roman Empire when that's not it. I mean, we'll make mistakes. So let us know, and we'll happily broadcast our mistakes. Um. Anyway, well, Cami, please. Uh, regale us with your story. Sure. So here we are, our hero finding temporary refuge in the budding city of Carthage. He has escaped the war that caused him to flee. He has been at sea for roughly seven years. He and his men are weary from the long voyage. Dido, queen of Carthage, welcomes the travelers. She shows Aeneas the city. She's building it on, on her own and invites him and his men for dinner. Venus, Aeneas's mother, taking this opportunity to protect her son from Juno's wrath, enlists the help of her son Cupid. She disguises Cupid as Aeneas's son, Ascanius, and has him pierce Dido with an arrow. Dido, enamored by Aeneas, drunk by Bacchus, pricked by Cupid, asks for the story of the Trojan War. Aeneas, thankful for his, for his host, he obliges. And he goes, and it goes a little something like this. A one, a two, a one, (laughs) two, three. No. (laughs) Fracti bello. Fatisque repulsi. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do it in Latin. No, please. (laughs) Broken by war and rejected by fate, the leaders of the Greeks built a horse, mountainous yet hollow, They used the wood of a fir. The symbol of Troy is a horse, and Odysseus said this was an offering to appease the gods. 
But this hollow creature was filled with treachery. Men and weapons weighed down the belly, and the Greek ships sailed away to Tinnitus, where they lurked unseen. Seeing the Greek camps abandoned, the gates of Troy were thrown open to the wonder of this gift. I'm trying to pronounce a word here. Kappas. Go for it. I think it's I think it's it's either Kappas or Kapas. This is uh Is it I S? <clears throat> it's Y S. That's why I can't. Capis. Yeah. Capis? Yeah. Probably. This yes, that's that sounds very Italian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's a citizen of Troy. He protested, saying to throw the great beast into the sea or light a fire beneath it, for this is a trick of the Greeks. Laocon, who could not be tricked, spoke from his high citadel. I fear the Greeks, even bearing gifts. Then he threw his javelin into the belly of the great horse. It struck true and made a loud din inside of the beast that certainly deafened the men inside. A Greek boy appeared with the horse as a messenger of sorts. He claims to have escaped being sacrificed and this beast to be an offering of peace. Laocon was still not convinced, but just as he was about to sacrifice a bull to Neptune, Two giant serpents slithered from the depths of the sea and made haste to the citadel. They reached Laocon's sons first and fed on them. Then they took the father. With no one knowing of his fate, the Trojans held a celebration and entered their sleeping chambers drunk and drowsy. By the moonlight, the Greek boy opened the belly of the horse, and Odysseus and the leaders of the Greeks were, f- were freed into the city. The towers burned. And the bodies were strewn about the streets. That's that's where I ended. Spoilers? No, yeah, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> that's good. Um, I've never heard of Laocon before that. Uh, we were talking about it right before. That's really cool. Um, so, man, this is a this is a topic, um, and there's a lot here. But I've I've sort of focused on you know, Troy specifically and, and what sort of the, the modern idea of, of, of what we think of Troy is. And it's, it's a little complicated, um, but we've got some sort of, we know a few things for sure. So just for a little bit of a timeline, uh, the Trojan war. um, Now this would have believed to have taken place near the end of the bronze age. Um, so it's around or before 1200 BC is what we think. And when, when, uh, Mycenaeans were, were flourishing in Greece, you know, Greek wasn't really like the thing. Um, you were, you know, you were Spartan, you were Athens, you were Mycenaean or whatever. Um, now Homer, his account is sort of one of the really popular ones. Um, fun fact, when I was in sixth or seventh grade, we did like a kid's version of the Odyssey and I played, I played, um, Odysseus. It was pretty awesome. That's really um, cool. Was it like a famous one, it, or it's it? It, it might have been. It, it was called "The Long Way Home." Is like what it was called. It was. It was specifically like an an adaptation, I believe, that like made for kids. Um, oh, okay, and that's really neat. So it was like simplified. Yeah, it was super fun. So this is where I learned. This is like my first big exposure to to everything. Um, and uh, anyway, so Homer's story. Um, well, Homer wrote his story in the 8th century, and this uh, is even 
during Homer's time, this was an ancient story. I mean, this would have been a few hundred years if, if it did take place, like, let's say, at 1200. Um, that's 400 years have passed since it. And that's but that's the you know, wishful thinking, I think. Um, it's believed that it wasn't even really written down um, until the 6th century. So what kind of Homer might, would have worked off of if he did work off anything. So we, we've talked about Hercules before. That's one of my favorite episodes that we did because of how complicated Hercules is and because of how multicultural it is. Troy is similar to that, the idea of Troy, because of how ancient it is. It's It, it, it happened, it, you know, in ancient Greek, it was ancient. Um, it was folklore. And the stories that it had kind of uh, well, the, the representation of the city kind of changed as kind of things happened. Um, so going on through the timeline, um, this is oh, this uh, the first source I kind of went through. This LiveScience.com. I've I've definitely talked about them before, or used them before. They had a really good write up on this where I got a lot of this information. Um, so today, the modern uh, day Turkish city or or site called is called Hisarlik. Hisarlik. Um, that's kind of where we believe it is. It's sort of uh, it, it, it's in like Asia Minor, the coast, um, sort of where you would kind of think an ancient Greek city to be. That's where it, it is, the modern city today. Now, we don't uh, know if like the city, like what we see today is the exact city. There, there's a great ancient EU had a great write up on this. Um, modern, I, I guess you'd say archaeology and, and history believes that Troy sort of went through these phases, I, I, nine like phases. So Troy one through Troy nine, and so Troy one would have been like the Bronze Age Troy inhabited, and then Troy nine is essentially what we have today. Um, around a thousand BC, it's believed that Troy, as we sort of uh, knew it in ancient, I, I, I say Greek kind of in air quotes because they wouldn't have, you know, Trojans wouldn't have said they're Greek, they're Trojans. But anyway. Um, so after the, the, the Trojan War in 1000 BC, it was abandoned. So after this, it, it wasn't really like a strategically specific or a, a strategic point. So there wasn't ever really like a calling to to settle it. Um, at some point, though, um, certain people did sort of resettle it during those phases. Um, and I, I believe that it was uh, they, they essentially believe that it was Greek peoples um, that did. So um, settle it at phases, certain points. Mm -hmm. I have a question about that. So the phases are points in time or the phases are places? Points in time. It's, okay. it's all like the same sort of geographical area for the most part. Um, but uh, like, you know, you know how it gets complicated now because like the way that they've got like satellites and they can laser scan like arc, you know, radio carbon Blah, blah, like blah. LDR and stuff? Right, yeah. Or so LIDAR, they can kind of see, right. They can sort of see, like, you, you know, like they'll find like a, a hidden civilization in the middle of Mexico desert, you know, like right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Through, through that stuff. That's kind of, I, I, that's, I, I'm kind of oversimplifying it for the sake of my stupidity, but um, my simplicity, <laughs> I should say. Um, but, but yes, yeah, that's, that's sort of like the belief. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was really ignored for quite a while. Um, in like, so it would have it would. Uh, I think like uh, essentially farmers would sort of get in there. It never, it never reached like a point of fame and importance that it did um, in its time. 
in in the time of ancient of of the stories that we know. Um, but it was it was so important culturally to Rome and Greece. Um, we do so Strabo was a guy an ancient roman uh, a roman um a geographer philosopher i mean they were kind of everything back then um strabo wrote that alexander the great and xerxes during all their sh- stuff um around the fourth <laughs> century they like would sort of pay homage um like xerxes stopped to pay homage um uh, alexander the great granted its special status within the empire so these people inspired by the the the, the folklore and the myths they sort of yeah the, the place is really important um it has a big connections to um aphrodite i think apollo so Especially, you know, I, I understand Alexander the Great definitely, but even Xerxes, um, uh, he he even, and I think he would have been a Zoroastrist or something like that. But anyway, they even paid sort of um, special status, and that special status went through Roman rule because of Aeneas. Um, Aeneas, one of the heroes of Troy, um, the Romans believed was an ancestor. You know, if the Aeneid is all about his journey of fleeing, I know you can kind of talk more on that. Because I've actually never really read. I've just sort of read the blurbs of it. But oh, um, I can talk to you all day about that. Yeah. But, <laughs> so so just to kind of sum it up, it's essentially him fleeing Troy as it's getting raised and him essentially going to Italy and then kind of, you know, putting his roots down. And then eventually you have these two little kids, Ramus and Remus, that pop out somewhere. Um, is that a, that's in a, in a huge nutshell, right? <laughs> the, yeah, they're not his <laughs> children. They're like the children of Mars and... Um... Oh, what was the lady's name? The festal version. Oh, I can't remember. That's but okay. they're um Rhea Sylvia, right? Sure. Sylvia, I guess. Um so the next like yeah, so 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 Troy was never really important essentially once you kind of get into the Roman the, the as as Rome as the centuries kind of go in uh, Rome never really get, or uh, Troy never really gets um, a lot of recognition. Um, what's funny is um, when uh, during the the uh, Emperor Constantine's reign um, in 324, starting in when he was uh, working to build a new capital, um, which would be Constantinople, uh, he actually uh, apparently considered Troy. Um, and so uh, that was kind of, I guess, like the, the last like big thing for Troy was that it was uh, going to be considered to be the, can- the the capital of Constant or the new capital before the fall. But of course, Constantinople. No, Constantinople um, is that uh, Istanbul? That is right. <laughs> Istanbul. I, I can't sing it. We'll get sued. Um, but yes, yeah. So that was kind of one of the last big things. So even even going into um, 324 CE, this Troy was still kind of like, oh yeah, we you know what about Troy? And and at this point too. So when the when the Greeks resettled it, Ilia um, is what it would be called, um, and and this name sort of stuck. But I I think like uh, Troyai or Troya was also a name for it. Um, there's a few like uh, names that are are kind of passed around that are very similar. So. Um, Troy, we, we, we know where it is, it, or, or we, we know we 
the, the where the ancient cities were. I mean, there was a ton of older um, Greek cities uh, or pre-Greek cities, ancient ancient Greek uh, well, areas. Well, we know the general area, right? We don't know the right, but we don't. Ex- and and we we can't. I don't think we can necessarily say I we can prove that the Trojan War sort of happened. Um, there's plenty of evidence that talks about it. You know, it. It's similar to Greek mythology, I think, is what you need to kind of think about when you think of the Trojan War. Um, the, the stories of Zeus and Athena and yeah, the Greek gods well and Hercules. Yeah, it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And the gods so, had a huge role in that, too. That's right, yeah. A lot of, I mean, the fall of it. In fact, I was talking to Kyle about it. She's a, a huge Grecophile after playing um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which does a really good job of, of really bringing everything together. But she says she really doesn't like the story of Troy because there's just, it's just such a weird sort of tale. Um and she she was watching. There's a there's a new show on Netflix uh, that's about Troy. I think it's called. I, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's got Troy in the name. Um, and apparently, it's pretty garbage. I'm have to look um, that up, <laughs> even though you just said it was garbage. Yeah, apparently, like, like it. it's not being reviewed really well. And it, I, I love honestly, things that are not reviewed. <laughs> sure, that's like my favorite. Um, I, I I honestly like I I have to really champion the the 2004 flick. Um. I, I haven't seen it in a couple years, but I definitely have seen it since Kinley was born. I, I, I'm pretty sure I watched it in the last few years. It's like, I know some movies I'll see when I was a kid. Like, I remember The Patriot. I used to love The Patriot when I was a kid with Mel Gibson. And I rewatched it. And oh my God, that movie is just so bad. If you like it, just rewatch it again and you won't. I mean, it's just so, it's so dumb. Anyway, but Troy, it really holds up well. It's It's got some cool action in it, but it does a really good job. It, it, it's more based off of Homer. Um, it actually features Odysseus, but it makes really cool nods to Greek mythology, but without having any sort of fantasy to it. You know, it's it's really great. It, it ingrains itself really well um, in it. Uh, but I I I guess through through my exposure to um, Homer's tales and things like that, I never really considered it uh, a big Roman. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't think it would influence the Roman Empire the way it did. Um, but again, it's, I would say it's similar to how Hercules did. Um, how how he still was able to hold weight, and of course, you know, a lot of things got adapted. Uh, a lot of Greek culture was well, adapted into uh, Rome. But I know when we talked about this a little bit before, we were talking about legitimizing the uh, the Julian Claudian line basically Mm -hmm. and that was part of it like having a direct connection to Aeneas through the Etruscan kings was helpful to establish oh yes I should be a king and here's why yeah yeah yeah, and that's that's that was what Strabo I, I think that's what Strabo was was essentially wanting to do I think he was trying to write that he uh, who uh, I think he was trying to do that because he was I'm trying to remember him. He was around um, right when the shift took. And I think that's exactly what he was doing for for the Roman uh, Empire, essentially, was making that that legitimization um, by putting it down in text. Um, Right. And that's what um, Virgil was doing with the Aeneid as well, because he. They didn't have a great epic like the Iliad or the Odyssey, 
you know, mm-hmm. that the Greeks have. So let me write this epic poem that yeah. legitimizes everything that Rome is. But I mean, you could argue that the sacrifices that Aeneas made in it were not, did not justify the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how to put away everything. And it, actually, this goes into one thing I would like to recommend is the myth story after dark, which Peter is doing on, yeah. it was on yeah. Friday nights, but now it's on Mondays. And he read the entire book four, which mm. is Dido's book. And it, it really shows you how, for one thing in Rome, the idea was that everything in moderation, and that's it's sort of like the book or sort of like the Aeneid, like what it, that's part of it is everything mm-hmm. in, in moderation and passion gets in the way of greatness sure is another big idea in that writing so you have dido who is so passionate and she's Mm -hmm. you know at first she just helps him because he's like you know tossed on her shore that's Mm -hmm. kind of the reason she's helping him to begin with but then when cupid pricks her you know, she falls in love with him, mm-hmm. and her passion was so great, it destroyed her. Yeah. And he he ended up having to leave, because if he didn't leave, he could not found Rome. He could not recognize or, or realize um, his fate. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it is, it's a wonderful story. I mean, it's very um, romantic in, in all meanings. Um and it totally makes sense uh, that it it, the, it as a legend will become popular. Um, it's it, it, and it's and it's sad too. I mean, it it's, it reminds me of why I love like the Byzantium um, so much, and it because it really did. I mean, up until like the 13th century, it was it, it was important and it was known. But then eventually, I mean, it, it, like I, I forgot I mean, some of the notes I got from Wikipedia as well. Um, it, by the 13th century, it was essentially just a farming community, just a, a small, unimportant farming community. So, uh, but it was, it was, it was just one of those sites that was so important. And it was, it was known that it was, it was there and that these great, it was it was proof of the the gods and proof of the past essentially um in living but um i forgot to mention too that it, it's believed that most of the, the 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 reason why the original um city the one from from the stories isn't real they believe it's or isn't around they believe it was earthquakes and things like that just kind of wiped out the city and then that plus resettlement and just time basically took it over um and then, and I it, honestly, it wasn't until the 1800s that the like the Western world would sort of re recognize it as um, the the Homer, the Homeric Troy, and then uh, a bunch of uh, excavations would begin then, and that's when they would start to kind of get it down. And and it is today; it is a uh, UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, the the city in, or the place in Turkey, so it's pretty cool. But uh, it's it's wild that a place has a city has so much like of a charge behind it, but isn't there? You know, like I can go to England and I can see the Roman ruins and really feel that. Um, you can even see the Greek, you know, 
uh, like structures still, but in tr- you can't see Troy. You can see you know certain ancient parts of it, but you can't see the the same Troy that these the, the Trojans would have been in. So it's just fun to think of that. Well, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah, just it's 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 popular like and it's Troy is almost like a, a feeling or just an just idea. an idea mm-hmm. yeah it's that's that's what we get and we can't really go on beyond that so it's just kind of interesting so I, well uh i do yeah. want to before we wrap up i do yeah. just want to say timio danos at donna forentes <laughs> <laughs> i fear the greeks even bearing gifts I've been to like, oh, say the that's Latin. Fun. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Well, um, everyone, we hope you are enjoying mystery as Cammy and I route through uh remote podcasting. Um the quality's not yeah. too bad. I, I listened to the I last show. Yeah, I hope this is better. That we used a couple of different platforms and one of them just really betrayed us, uh, so we had to re-record an episode. Yeah, um, but so I think it's gonna work out. And uh, let us know if you have any suggestions, um, just for myth story recording or whatever. And uh, we hope you're all doing well during this time period. So go and uh, sadly, Troy, I, I looked it up. It's not streaming on anything, but it's a cheap rent, and it is really good. I it's it's actually pretty long too. It's a little over three hours. Um, so if you've got an evening to kill and, uh, it's not Monday where Peter will be reading the Aeneid directly, um, then please, I really recommend, uh, watching Troy. It's, it's got a huge, How much great cast. Like, I think four bucks for the HD. If you. A little over a dollar an hour. Yeah. (laughs) It's not bad at all. (laughs) And like, so you get Brad Pitt's like ripped. You get to see his butt. Um, Diane Kruger's in it, and she's gorgeous. Orlando Bloom, Eric Bana, um, a ton of great older actors whose names are escaping me are also in it. I mean, it's it's got an extremely star-studded cast. Sean Bean plays Odysseus. Um, it's got some blood and violence, but it's not like three hundred style. It's 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 just a well-done film, um, and it pl- it pays tribute to a lot. And uh, I, of course, I'm saying this, and I'm sure some like Roman experts or uh, Greek experts, like, no, the T-shirts they wear had <laughs> collars that were an inch too short. I don't know, but well, it's fun. I remember it's a... not liking it very much, but I might try to rewatch it. Really? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I'm unless it's like the Patriot. Um, <laughs> I, I like I said, I'm pretty sure in the last five years I rewatched it and I enjoyed it, and um, uh. I, I'm, I would stand by that. I, the only other movie I can think of, like I know, like Gladiator is another one that's I think that holds up oh, well. Oh, I really like that one. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, that's I'm, a much later time right. period than the yeah, founding of Rome yeah. or whatever. But but that movie came out a couple years before Troy, and it I think those two were really good examples of ancient Rome and ancient Greece, respectively. So, well, anyway, yeah. So uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Go rent Troy or. Um, join Peter um, if you're listening. Where you know, this is April, um, Peter's going to be doing uh, some live recordings um, where he's going to read some some old scriptures uh, out aloud. Um, so please join us there on our Facebook page at Mystery with an I E 
um, on Facebook, or you can always contact us directly at mystery at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Oh, she will.